Please All right. We're open. Would it would it be um, impolite to start talking about the election right away, or? Well, I think you've already done that, sir. All right. Well, I mean, we could still back it up. We could just pretend I was talking about like a kitty election or for cutest fluffball. It's true, cutest and most deadly. That's true. She's a saint, and I enjoy her. <laughs> you uh, you snapped our group chat with um. Peaches last night, saying that like she always takes one of your pillows. She sure does. She feels like it's her pillow, so she just perches right on top of it, and then I'm using a pillow, so it's pretty great. It's pretty great if you if you added a pillow to your assortment do you think she would stay on that one or would she stretch out to two she would probably just stay on her one oh. she's polite like that <laughs> you know? i saw her there's one time i came to your house and you were asleep in your room but, yeah. but you had told me to just come in beforehand, so I wasn't breaking in or anything. But I had Chinese food, so I I went up to your room, and I, I opened the door crack, and Gizmo looked at me, purred, and charged at the door, and at me, and I was. He was not having your business. No. She was very cross with you. No. She just wanted to protect her owner, her master. Yes. She's something else. I just, cats are great. You don't even know. You don't even have one. No, I want one. It's not by choice. You could have one in college. I could. There are some apartments in town that allow pets. I don't think I would, though. No. Whew, there's an, enough going on right now that I don't need to worry about taking care of a pet. Oh, are you a busy adult with many important things to do? <sighs> yeah, a little bit. I'm pretty stressed right now because this is the the part of the semester where like you start to realize it's coming to an end. So you're like, oh no. I've got to... Hmm? Take 18 credits. Here's the key to that. Just take 18 credits like I do and then have no friends and then you just focus on your grades and then you'll get a 4.0. Yeah. It's all you have to do. I think that I could literally devote my entire existence to school and I would not be able to get a 4.0. What? I don't, I don't think I'd be able to do it. Or just maybe it's just my classes. I'm taking a linguistics class right now, and it's kicking my ass harder than an angry donkey. What class is this? Linguistics. Intro oh, to well, linguistics. It's just that's intro, honey. That's just the beginning. <clears throat> I think I only have to take the intro. Mm, um, I would think not if you're gonna be an English teacher. I don't know. We'll find out. But it's just... If you ever get an advisor, maybe. Yeah, Jesus. I need to email them now because it's getting to be time to pick classes for next semester, which is just... It's horrifying. You haven't done that yet, have you? No, not yet. My school schedules you for an entire year at a time, which right now is pretty nice because I don't have to worry about it. Right, yeah. And then, like, your plan is clearly mapped out before you. That's right. Yeah. No, not here. Here it's semester by semester. Oh, but you have a tuition freeze. That's lovely, right? Have what? You have a tuition freeze. The UW system has a tuition freeze. Oh, so you, they can't raise it? Yeah, they can't, they can't adjust the tuition for so many years. 
because um, our governor Scott Walker decided that was a good idea. Yeah, thanks, Scotty, soon to be ex governor. So let's talk about that. Okay. And I want to talk to the listeners because voting is important. It is your right as a citizen to vote, and I encourage everyone to vote, whether it's Republican. And Democrat, independent, libertarian, whatever you think he's involved, because it's your civic duty. And, and, you know, you can mix it up a little bit. Like this last election that we had on Tuesday, my ballot was mixed. It wasn't just straight, straight Democrat or straight Republican. It was mixed. I, I had a little bit of everyone in there. So I just think that that's important. Yeah. And this is a huge midterm election. It was huge for, like, not just Wisconsin, but. Everyone in the country, but Wisconsin in particular had a lot going on, and um, I think that had a lot to do with, you know, Wisconsin is a politically charged state, which surprises me. Yeah, it's a big swing state. Yeah, I mean, it's not huge because it's only ten electoral votes, but I mean, politically, Madison's a really—I've been there. It's a very like. Here's what I want to say: Wisconsin is very rural. Rural in those areas are very conservative, but then you got Madison, Green Bay, and Milwaukee, which are large urban areas that are very liberal. So <laughs> it's just funny to me. Yeah, and it was close, man. This um, and for those of you who don't know, Governor Scott Walker is a Republican. He served the last eight years in the in the um, as governor. And um, when he got elected in 2010, in 2011, he ended up doing stuff to the unions. And, you know, that upset a lot of people, teachers and prison workers. So they called for a recall election. He, he um, won that, and then he won in 2014. So he was doing pretty, you know, good. But this year, Tony Evers is a Democrat at running against him. And it was a close race. Because Wisconsin... 2016 went conservative, which surprised a lot of people. So this is a, a huge race, and Egg and I were not sure of who was going to win. I didn't know. Did you? <laughs> no. It was at 49% for an hour. Like, both yeah, both parties. So what ultimately ended up happening was at 1.30 in the morning, they called it for Tony Evers, who won by 30,000 votes. Not a lot. Over two votes that were cast. He won by 30,000 votes. Now, this is where it gets good. And I'm not, like, attacking any any political side. And I'm not saying either one of our political affiliations. Because we don't really have one. No. One of us leads more conservative. And one of us tends to lean more liberal. And I'll leave it at that. I wouldn't even say... But we still love each other. Yeah, we're still best friends. But anyway, one of us is more liberal, one of us is more conservative. But what happened was Scott Walker lost, and there was only 30,000 votes. Okay? So his governor, before they conceded, which they didn't concede technically until last night, but his lieutenant governor, Rebecca Kleepish, went out there and she's talking to everyone. She's like, get in for a long, hard recount, meaning they want to recount all the votes and get a more accurate number. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But the unique thing is, in 2016, Hillary Clinton lost to Donald Trump in Wisconsin by 23,000 votes, and Jill Stein, who was running you know, in the Green Party, decided she wanted a recount in Wisconsin, so she had to pay for it. But they made the recount happen, and after that happened, Scott Walker said he made a law that in the state of Wisconsin, you cannot do a recount unless the margin is 1% or less, meaning there's a 1% difference in the votes. So if it was 20, 0.25% or less, the recount would be free, but anything from, from 0.25 to 1%, the losing party would have to pay for it for the recount. Well, his lieutenant governor is all like, we're going to have, we're going to get a recount. Well, Tony Evers beat him by 1.2%. So they're not eligible for a recount because of a law that he passed just last year. So I thought that was a bit of irony there. Scotty, Scotty, Scotty. He can't get the recount that he wanted because of a law that he passed. I just... Oh, that's good. 
That's funny. Did you hear what Tony Evers wants to do with student teaching? What's that? We had a guy come on a campus who's uh, good friends with Tony Evers or works with Tony Evers. Tony Evers wants you to like get paid for student teaching. He wants to make it like a paid internship. Mm -hmm. And if you're student teaching and you have to do additional classes or work at the same time, that's a, that's a lot on your plate. That's a busy semester or year. Typically, you don't have other classes on your student teaching, which is good. But if you mess up, you might. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. yeah, so... Um, I'm just saying, people, get out there and vote. It's important. And you can be friends with somebody who has a different vote for you. Mm -hmm. And without saying names, because Egg doesn't even know how I voted yet. Because I told him where I thought I was voting. He doesn't know my official vote. And I'll tell you all this. Egg and I are best friends, aren't we? Wouldn't you say? Yeah, for sure. One of us voted for Scott Walker, and the other one voted for Tony Ebers. And we're still friends. Yeah. Now Egg knows how I voted. Because he can use deduction to figure out. <laughs> well, you know, that's just how it is. Yeah. And that's there's nothing wrong with that. I think that there's I think that if you feel if you're listening, and I'm sure you're a great, wonderful, beautiful person, but if you're listening and you feel like you can't be friends with somebody who uh doesn't agree with you politically then you're either dealing with uh assholes who believe in different political values than you or you should probably take a look in the mirror and figure out like what's important to you and what's not because it's great to be it's important to be friends with people who don't agree with you all the time and it's really important to like be able to see the other side of the political spectrum as people who also just want to make America better. Because that's what we're all trying to do at the end of the day. That's all we want to do. Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad that when you found out who I voted for, you didn't like fly off the handle and make me look like a liar about how friends get involved for different people. That was good. <laughs> what? What? Things. You promised me! I didn't promise nobody nothing. No. We didn't vote for the same people in uh, the presidential election, and that was way more conscientious, and I still didn't care. Well, to be fair, I didn't know you. I knew of you, and I didn't care for you, so why would I? <laughs> to be fair. Right. I'm just saying. We're still friends. Politics aren't going to change that. That's right. This is the Pen Pals podcast. It's not a political station. I know we've been babbling about it for 13 minutes, but it's important. Yeah. So. I'm your. Begin? All right. Should we say our names first? Yes. All right. I'm um, Mixmaster General Egg. And with me, as always, is. You usually say my name. Oh, sorry. Just GG Jess. I just wanted I just wanted to build the tension. That is beneath me. That is beneath me. Uh, oh, Jess, did you bring a, a book uh, for us to discuss today? Okay, girl. So if you didn't like to talk about politics, you're not gonna like what's coming. <laughs> I'll tell you that. So I did read a book recently. Like a lot of the people in the United States, I. Binge watched season two of the Netflix show Making a Murderer, which analyzes Stephen Avery and Brendan Dassey and whether they were framed for a crime that they committed or didn't commit. And now, you haven't watched the show. No, I've seen an episode of it. Well, you need to watch it. I yeah. Telling you that. Anyway, after, like, in season one, the lead prosecutor on the court case was a man named Ken Kratz. And after the show premiered, people villainized him and they hated him and they sent him death threats and they made his life a living hell, which I don't agree with. I'm like, you shouldn't do that. But I personally don't care for the man. Anyway, 
I recently watched season two, and it makes the really compelling argument that something is not right in this case, and that these men were wrong fully for they did. But, you know how I am, I like to get both sides of the story before making a decision. Mm-hmm. And now, the only things written about the prosecution is a book that Ken Kratz wrote called Avery, things that the making a murderer left out. So I was like, all right, I'll get his side of the argument, and maybe he can sway me. I'm going to start by saying that it was a missed opportunity here. Kratz really could have taken time to present and analyze and explain all the evidence that was left out of making a murderer. But instead, he kind of glosses over that and just focuses on, A, pitying himself and woe is me. Two, just ridiculing the defense and ridiculing Stephen Avery and his family without really, like, going into the evidence. I wanted more evidence, mm-hmm. to be honest. With and I didn't, didn't get it. All I got was this guy who starts the book by saying that after the documentary aired, he lost his wife. Oh. And he lost, he lost his practice in Superior, Wisconsin because of the show. First of all, honey, you didn't. That's a lie, Blanche. And he's all like, people made fun of him because of his large stature and his high-pitched voice. Well, that's true. They did. And I can't do nothing about that. But <laughs> really, which he later explains in the book and his public knowledge, he divorced his wife long before the documentary premiered. And he also lost his practice and his license because when he was the district attorney, he was dealing <laughs> with, with a woman who was a sexual abuser, uh, like a sexual and physical abuse victim and she came to him for like to be her lawyer and he ended up like texting her and sexting her for three days straight Ooh. and that's why he ended up being ridiculed first of all yeah Son. but he left no no it's the documentary as well but no i just feel like this book i gave it one star in goodreads i gave it one star because you can't give a book zero stars in goodreads that's <laughs> how it works otherwise it was just it was short. It was only 170 pages, and he wasn't concise in his explanations. He didn't accomplish anything. I was right. like, you had a missed opportunity. You really could have presented your case because a lot of people read this book and they ridiculed you for it because you didn't take the time that it needed. Instead, you were trying to grasp onto your 15 minutes of fame. Right. So he made it about yeah. him and not about the case. Exactly, which is sickening. Mm-hmm. So. That was my view. I'm still on the side of something else isn't right with this case, and that maybe somebody else did it. Mm. And if Bucks making a murder season two, they go into all the evidence. This lawyer he has, this Catherine, Kathleen Zellner, she's a boss ass bitch. Damn. That's all I can say. So, yeah, that's the book that I just recently read. Damn, you poured through that thing. It was written by the prosecution? Right? Yeah, like Ken, the Ken Ken Grant. Damn. Um just and he was he was like I'm not gonna tell anybody where I'm living now because I don't want letters coming at me or anything, but I'm happy where I'm at. I know where you live, Ken. <laughs> I know I found out where he lived. I mean I don't have his address, but I know what city he lives in. Is it so is it near? Is it what? Is it nearby uh, the walls? Oh, is it nearby Wapan? Yeah. No. No, it isn't. It is not in Wapan. Or nearby Wapan. It's actually uh, Whitewater. Which, you know. Whoa. Really? Yeah. Well, that's. Oh. Hmm. Mildly uh, concerning. Mildly concerning. Mm. Yes. <laughs> so, yeah. I want you to... That's the book. I just want to give a visual. When you said that he's in Whitewater, I, I strained <laughs> up in my seat and looked around, petrified that I would turn and see Ken staring at me from uh, the window. Aren't you, like, on the second floor? No, I'm on the first floor. Well, first of all, he's not a murderer. <laughs> he was just a prosecutor, that's all. I don't think you have to worry. 
No, I was I was worried that it would be like a a Bloody Mary situation where if you say his name three times, then he uh, he just appears and talks to you about how he lost his wife. Oh my god, <laughs> that would be funny. So yeah, what's mm-hmm. next on the docket? Well, I thought that we could take a little more time to talk about books since this is a a book centered podcast. And talk about some uh, books or stories that we feel like are underappreciated when it comes to people talking about them or enjoying them. Uh, Do you have any any pieces of literature that you think are underappreciated? Do I have any? Yeah. Um, Yeah. I read a lot of books, and one of the books that I've always championed on this show is called Final Girls by Riley Sager, because it got not good reviews on good reviews, but it's a pretty good book. Hmm. And I just feel like it's underrated and underappreciated, and if you really like the slasher genre of horror films, I think you would like that book. I was, I feel like, I, I didn't read the book, I should read the book, I think... I think I would like it, but I was there for you. You you think you don't want to do? I was. I was there for you this past summer when you were reading it, and I remember you. It it held you for a while there. It sure did. It sure did. One book that I think is underappreciated is uh, "The Horse and His Boy" by C.S. Lewis. It's a um. It's a part of the Narnia series, and it takes place like in the middle of the Nar- of the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. So the Pennyville, Percival children, the the PP kids, the PP kids, the PP kids are like. They haven't left Narnia yet, but they're like grown-ups now because, you know, they spend like 40 years there before they go back home. So, like, it takes place when they're like 20 or 30, and it's about this kid from a neighboring nation, like, trying to go to Narnia and, like, escape his crappy life, and it turns out he's a prince, and it's a completely different style than all of the other Narnia books, but it's really good. Is it this? Yeah, it's really good. I like it. So, have you read all of the Narnia books? I haven't read The Silver Chair or The Final Battle. Final Countdown. <laughs> so... You're a fan of A Boy and His Horse. Yeah. One book that I think is underrated is that one you had me read, and I forget the title because it's so underrated. Um, uh, Tales of the Madman Underground. Oh, yeah. I thought that was a good one. You did? You liked it? Yes, I, yes, I liked it. <laughs> I don't like it. <laughs> it, wasn't, I, it wasn't like... Uh, I wasn't trying to be like an interrogator to make sure you weren't fibbing me. Yeah, I did like it. Good. Did you? Yeah, I love that book. Um, for those of you at home, uh, Tales of the Man-Man Underground is basically about this kid who's a part of a um, school support group, pretty much, where they put like students that the school deems as like struggling or who need assistance and just like him trying to like get a better life and like get out of the support group and it's really cool it's set in the 19th mm-hmm. yep. and it's a good book and it's hard to find anywhere <laughs> do you still have it or is it back at my house um, do I still have it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I have it because you still have my Lost World book. So right. 
No, I wasn't coming at you. I just didn't know where I it was. Tried. It's uh, by the way, the kids from the Narnia book, their last name, the PP children, it's actually uh, Heavensy. Oh, so. Heavensy. Susan Pepensy and Peter Pepensy and Edmund Pepensy and Lucy Pepensy. When you first saw, um, what's the name, Daenerys from uh, Game of Thrones, did you think that she was the same person who played Susan Pepensy? They do look similar. Mm-hmm. They're not the same, but they look really alike. No, they're not the same because um, what's her name? What is Daenerys' actress's name? Oh, I used to know it. Emily Clark? Amelia Clark, yeah. Amelia Clark? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Anna Popplewell plays Susan Pevensey. And you guys are like, whoa, how does he know that? It's because I currently have the line, the witch in the wardrobe. IMBD page open on my laptop <laughs> because I was really curious as to what that last name was and father. Because I'm obsessive like that. Who uh who played the witch? That was Tilda Swinton, and I don't need IMBD to tell me that. <laughs> what other movie was movie was she in? You're not gonna know any of them. No, but there's one that every time we talk about her you say like Oh, in this movie, you see her butt when she has sex with this guy. First of all, you see her breasts. <laughs> Sorry. And you, see, and you see her vagina because um, she is giving a hand job to the guy who played Owen McGregor. Oh, that's it. She's in all sorts of things. She was in that uh, Doctor Strange movie. Oh, she was the uh, ancient one? Yeah. Oh, cool. That's strange. She's in all sorts of... Uh, and the movie I was talking about with Louis McGregor is called Young Adam, in case anyone wants to see that, that awkward <laughs> scene. Because it is awkward, I'll tell you that. Right. Well, I've... I've um, you know... I've... <laughs> I probably shouldn't tell the story on the podcast but i've had experience um seeing but not partaking in that specific act so i get that oh, it's awkward oh, yeah yeah and, that? let's uh, talk about that please yeah we won't we won't get into further details because they don't it was a mistake they don't need to worry about it yeah you just had to go there i think I had to I had to go through that moment in my life to to develop as a person. Oh my god. Alright. You wanna move on? Yeah, moving on. Moving on up. Alright. Next on the docket is a game we like to call Reality Check. Uh in this game I have a list of quotes here and I'm gonna read one off to Jess GG Jess, and he's going to tell me if it is true or from a reality TV show, or if it is. Oh, God bless you. Or if it's fiction and from like a book or movie or TV show. Sound good? Yes, I'm ready. Okay. Here's the first quote. You can play along at home. Yeah, play along. Here's the first quote You've got too much of a soggy bottom. Too much of a soggy bottom. You've got too much of a soggy bottom. Um, that one. You have too much of a soggy bottom. Are you saying it British on purpose? Yeah. <coughs> oh God! I don't know. Give me a sec. This oh, is a hard one. Okay. Okay. Yep. It's soggy. It's got bottoms. It's British. You have too much of a soggy bottom. Bottom. Wait a minute. You've said this before. Have I? I I might have said it. Is it pertaining to a person? 
I I don't know if I should. T- it's not. It's not pertaining to a person. The British are cheeky, aren't they? <laughs> they sure are. They're sneaky little dogs. Hopping out of the EU like that? Come on, Brits. I'm gonna say reality show. Is it? Wait, wait, wait. Is it like Hell's Kitchen? Like, did Gordon Ramsay say that? Gordon Ramsay did not say that. But are you are you gonna stick with reality show? Yeah. That's correct. Yeah, it's from the Great British Bake Off. Yeah, they were referring to some type of pastry that the bottom was just just a tad bit too soggy. Oh, gosh. Okay. Those British ones are hard. They are tricky. Are you ready for the next one? Ready as always. This one is not British. Okay. Okay. Some infinities are bigger than other infinities. Some infinities... Some infin- are bigger than other infinities. Right. It's a real head scratcher here. It's like physics. It's not a head scratcher. It's just that that is a really familiar... That's a really familiar thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I've heard that before. Right. I don't know if I heard it or if I... Uh... That's Fault in Our Stars. Yeah, it is. <laughs> yes. I was thinking about it. I'm like, wait a minute. Where have I heard that? And I kept thinking, boom. Yeah, that's Fault in Our Stars by John Green, a, a, a favorite of this podcast. I was leaning towards it being a fictional work because like, that's too deep for reality team. <laughs> Alright, are you ready for the next one? Yes. Okay. It would be a privilege to have my heart broken by you. Oh. Be a privilege to have my heart broken by you. Could be The Bachelor. Could be a romance novel. Oh, God. I was so, like, I was so ready to say that it was fiction because of like what reality but then you brought up the bachelor and i'm like yeah they say cheesy stuff like that all the the time bachelor bachelorette bachelor in paradise bachelor junior that one's not off the ground yet but they don't have a bachelor junior that'd be horrendous i would that'd be interesting for those private suites (laughs) did i tell you that at the last Bachelorette, my parents love the show. Not really. They love to hate it. But the last Bachelorette, it was like the final four. And one of the guys was like, hey, Becca, I wanted to tell you uh, I'm I'm still a virgin. And I'm not waiting until marriage. I'm just waiting until I'm right, the right person. But like, just want to let you know I'm a virgin, whatever. And she was like, oh, my God, I totally get it. Uh, I don't judge you at all. Thank you for telling me. And then he went home, like, the next rose ceremony. Oh. I was like, oh, poor guy. I'm sure it was unrelated, but the timing is suspicious. Good for, good for him, though. Yeah. And, like, he was a buff, good-looking dude. So it's like, yeah, you go. So, read the quote again. Okay. It would be a privilege to have my heart broken by you. So, I have a question for you. Yeah. Did you prepare this game ahead of time, or did you just open up Fault in Our Stars? You forgot because that's from Fault in Our Stars too. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. No, I prepared this game ahead of time. Why would you take two quotes from that one book? Can I tell you a secret? There's more quotes from that book coming? No, no, no. no. But all of the uh, fiction quotes in this game are from are by John Green. Oh my god. <laughs> What's the next one? Are you ready? Yeah. Okay, here's the next 
uh, quote, twirl on that. Twirl on that? Twirl on that. That's reality TV. Yeah, that's from the Real Housewives of Atlanta. <laughs> and uh, it will soon be coming out of uh, Egg's mouth because that's awesome. Okay. Anyway, more quotes? Yeah, are you ready? Mm -hmm. Okay. That smile could end wars and cure cancer. That smile could end wars and cure cancer. That smile could end wars and cure cancer. Yep. That smile could end wars and cure cancer. Mm -hmm. I'm 95% sure. At this point, I'm not guessing if it's reality or not. I'm trying to guess what John Green novel it is. <laughs> In the Catherine book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is the Catherine book. Are you? Do you have a list open for John Green quotes? No, I. Well, first of all, you're quoted in The Falls and Our Stars, which is a movie I've seen like three times. And I read the the Catherine book, and I know about paper towns and turtles all the way down, and looking for Alaska. <laughs> we are we are well versed in John Green for two people who cannot stand John Green. <laughs> I was about to say we had a we have a title of this podcast called it, it basically making fun of John Green, and here we are quoting John Green and guessing John. Green <laughs> and correct down to the book. You fucking fooled us. Oh my god. Alright, last quote. Are you ready? Alright. Last one. Can I get an amen up in this bitch? That's reality TV. Yeah, that's from Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Because I'll tell you something. Yeah. John Green wouldn't write that. No? John Green has to take a quote. That would and try to make it sound deep as possible, even if it doesn't apply to a situation that's happening in the book. Anyway. <laughs> Anyways, moving on. Huh. What's up next on the docket, Mr. Sprocket? I'm not Sprocket. Are you? Are you, are you taking a dump right now? No, I was stretching out my back. Oh my god! Now I'm taking a dump. Okay. All right. I didn't hear any of that. You sound. Like... I sound like what? Hello? You there? Yeah, I'm here. Are you there? Oh. Nope. You sound very weird. Do I? Maybe I just stretched out and now I'm all loosey-goosey. Can you hear me? Yeah, can you hear me? Hello? Hello? Sir? Yeah, hello. Jess? Yes. Hello. Hello. Senor. Damn. Hello? Hello?
Hello? Hello? Hello? Here. Okay, I'm here. At least that happened when we were in between. Yeah. So you can start recording whenever. Okay. Surprisingly, gone gone pretty well so far. Other than that little hiccup. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, so next up, we can do whole jammers. Here's the beef. Random facts. Which one you feeling? All right, we don't have to do it. I don't ever want to do whole jammers again. Okay, we won't. I'll, I'm taking it off the docket. Never again. It's blacklisted. Which one's whole jammers? That's where we like solve movie plot holes. Yeah, I don't like. I don't like whole jammers. Okay. No bueno. No bueno. Then I have. Uh, here's the beef, which is where we like take debates that are in like fan culture and then random facts we can do here's the beef but i'll tell you this right now all right if it has anything to do with harry potter i'm gonna kill you no 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 this is a harry potter free episode right. i promise good they all should be since you don't even know what you're talking about i usually let you take the lead be quiet rude <laughs> <laughs> all right ready Here's the beef. Yep. So the beef this week, which is better, the anime sub or the anime dub? For me, I prefer dubbed because I like to multitask. And if I'm watching a show, I'm probably doing something else. So I don't have time to sit there and read the show. Right. I, gr I get that dubs can be awfully done with voice acting, but I really take it. Over right. I don't really care. I don't. I'm a pretty chill person in general when it comes to stuff like this. Uh, the only reason I would pick a sub over a dub is just because the mouths don't line up with the talking, and that can annoy me sometimes. But really, as long as I don't switch halfway through a show, I don't mind. There you go. Yeah. Switching halfway through, though, that's weird. This guy you shook as a puss in the rain. That's right. I'm a quivering little kitty cat. Yeah. Have you ever come across a dub that you just couldn't listen to? Um, no. Yeah. No, I don't think so. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I've never seen an anime where I was like, oh, I just have to get the full extent of what the Japanese voice actors intended. Right. Have you ever yeah. read the subtitles for like the, because the intro songs, even if it's a dub, are usually in Japanese. Do you ever like yeah. read the translations and you're like put off a little bit? Netflix with subtitles for some reason, even though I don't like always read them. Mm -hmm. But like when they're speaking English and I have subtitles on, if they say something that doesn't match with the subtitle says like Yeah, that's I get very lost. Yeah, that's weird. So represent my people correctly. Yeah. Oh. Oh, what's the next beef? Um well, that was all I put on the beef docket, but let me let me come let me dig something up. Let me find. All right. Um. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I have some random facts I can throw on it, you know? Yeah, you want to hit it? Yeah. Let's, let's, let's do it. It goes back to the election. It goes back to the election. 
I'm so okay? excited. Yeah. I don't mind. I feel like we've been respectful and good. Okay. So, this is a historic election, and all sorts of things happen. I'll tell you them. So, um, women and LGBT candidates made history with this midterm election, which is pretty, you know, impressive. Like, um, Sharice Davids and Deb Holland will be the first Native American women elected to Congress. Woo! Kansas and one was from New Mexico. Hey. Both Democrats. Hell yeah. So that's cool. Um, there is a um, a Mich- Michigan, it says, oh, it's Minnesota. Um, woman, Rashida Talib. Oh, it's from Michigan. And Ian Omar, she's also, she's from Minnesota, but they're going to be the first Muslim woman in Congress, which is pretty cool. Nice. As you know, that hasn't been represented. Right. Um, Colorado Democrat uh, Jared Polis, he won governor, and he's the first openly gay man elected as governor. So that's pretty nice. Good. Got to the LGBT. Surprised it took um, this long. Your, your state made the list with, Was... um, you know, Tennessee. That's your state. Oh, right. Yeah. And this may surprise you because I was surprised. Um, but Marsha Blackburn just got elected as a senator. Do you know what the big deal is about that? Hmm. Do you know what makes a big deal? About, do you know why that's a big deal? Yes. Is she the first black woman to be elected senator from Tennessee? No. Oh. Why? She's just the first woman ever in general. They never had a female senator up until her you know i i didn't expect a lot from tennessee and it it still let me down (laughs) i love you tennessee but you let me down yep and she was the first one ever and she was a republican oh Um, dang and arizona is same boat their first female senator but to give them credit they've only been a state for about 100 years so (laughs) Tennessee has um, no excuse. Texas, you have Veronica Escobar, who is the first Hispanic woman from Texas to be elected to Congress. Really? Um, yeah. Mm. All right. And Christy Noem from South Dakota is the first female governor for that state. All right. Yeah. Nice. So that's something. Um, here in Wisconsin... Mandela Barron is the first ever black lieutenant governor to be elected in Wisconsin. Way to go. Killing it. We also have um, the youngest ever person to be elected to... um, One second. I'm going to get this right. Yeah. Made history by having the youngest... um, it's been a lawmaker. I'm trying to get the proper place that he was elected. Um, yeah, he was hired into the House of the Wisconsin Representatives, and he's the youngest lawmaker that we've ever had. And he got elected successfully. How old is he? Yes. 18? 19. Dang. He's not even done with college. Right. Wow. But you don't have to. He's younger than you are. He's younger than I am. Yep. Good for him. He's African American? Yep. Those are some pretty cool stats, right? Yeah. I like... Maybe I'm weird. I like that the House and the Senate are so almost evenly split between republic republican and democratic so i like that after trump got elected after trump got elected it was all republican which a unified government is not good i don't care if it's republican or democrat i agree so i'm pleased that the house is gone democrat i agree and wisconsin has got a black lieutenant a lesbian senator. We're just... We've had... We've had... 
We've had a very diverse. We've had a, a lesbian senator for a while now. I feel like. Yeah, it's Hammy Baldwin. Yeah. It's still cool. No, it's yeah, yeah, it's still cool. I'm not like, I don't think we need a new lesbian in. I'm just like, we've been ahead of the curve for a while. Huh? I think so too. Can you hear me? I can hear you. You got a little, you got a little slow, uh, in there, but I could still understand you. <laughs> Sorry, we don't own, we don't own that song. <laughs> yeah, not not TM, not um, TM. I guess it's, it's, um, it's gonna snow in Wisconsin for the first time this season. Yeah. Up. I'm sure my dad is so excited. I think you should go home tonight and not drive in the snow. That'd be a good idea. That'd be smart. I'm going to try to. You can do your homework at your house. (laughs) Yeah. I'm going to... I think I'm probably going to make it over that way tonight if it's going to be snowing and bad and all that. tomorrow but you're predicting it so maybe just get a jump on it <laughs> all right well thanks uh everybody this has been the pen pals podcast i'm your pen pal egg and uh and it's me your pen pal captain sassy pant lace. that's right captain sassy pant lace. that's right Thank you all for coming to our corner of the bookstore. Bye.